What's up? Somebody wake me. Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> Jay Soderbergh. That's me. John Luckenbaugh. That's him. Two podcasting veterans. One from the production space. And one from the outer space. And we're, we're, we're QNO. Weekly news and tips in podcasting. On podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting. My name is Jay Soderberg, a.k.a. Pod Vader. As always, I am joined by the founder of the Queued Up Podcasting Agency and co-host John Luckenbaugh. John, how are you? Hey, Jay. What's up, man? Doing well. It's another fantastic week here on the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting. We're going to talk about growing your audience, understanding key marketing techniques, Google alerts, and when people are listening here in just a little bit. But before we get to that, we had such great feedback on the Brian Barletta episode. John, that I just, I felt it was necessary to sort of just take a step back and sort of bask in the glory of that episode. That episode came out really well. I really enjoyed uh, producing that. If you missed it, you can obviously find the queued up podcast on podcasting everywhere. Great podcasts are heard or where you're listening to this show right now. Make sure you click on the follow, uh, or if you're still using Apple podcasts, they still use the word subscribe for now for uh, making sure that you get all of the episodes for the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting. You can also get this podcast at the website that is queuedup.com, qd-up.com. But I think we got some more interesting things coming in that direction as well, don't we, John? We do. We do. It should be hopefully soon. That is fantastic. Why don't we dive into this week's topics, John? We've got a few things that we want to talk about in regards to podcast marketing. And then a little bit later, we're going to be talking about those Apple numbers as we've reached a new month and new milestones to discuss. But we'll get to that in a moment. Let's start with this article about marketing that came from Jeff Vidler. He was writing in the Rain News uh, newsletter, which you can subscribe to, by the way. Just go to rainnews.com for more information on that. Jeff is the president and founder of Signal Hill Insights, Inc., in Ontario, Canada, and uh, is the co-producer of the Canadian Podcast Listener Report, and had published this article about how listeners discover new podcasts, and really came out with top five ways to help listeners discover your podcast. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, right off the bat, there's nothing that is sort of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe no one's ever talked about this before, but I will say it's always good to remind yourself about these techniques because a lot of times people want to know how to grow their audience and they're not doing the simplest things, these five things that we're going to talk about at all. They're either doing only one or they're doing maybe only one. It's just, these are things that every podcaster should be doing without even thinking about it. Like we shouldn't have to have an episode about these sorts of things. We shouldn't be reading articles about these sorts of things. So the first one is the get your podcast on another podcast. This would be cross promotion, right? So leveraging other audiences is a super fast way to see ROI, especially if it's with an established podcast. Do you think this is a really cost-effective marketing strategy though? Well, it depends. It can be, it, it can cost you $0 
or it could cost you quite a few dollars. And I think it depends on the type of podcast that you're trying to cross-promote with and what services you're using to make that cross-promotion happen. If you're doing it on your own, it's a lot easier to do sort of a one-to-one freebie sort of relationship and understand that the reason why this is so powerful is one, listeners are most likely going to find out about new podcasts because they're already listening to a podcast. And because they're already listening to a podcast, understanding that these people are typically power listeners. Uh, We've mentioned the Edison research on this, where the power listener is listening to five to seven podcasts a week. That's not individual episodes. That's five to seven different podcasts Mm. uh, in a week. So advertising on another podcast is a great way to get listeners to make that sort of brand understanding uh, to your own show. Does it make sense to cross-promote with just any podcast? Well, again, I think it would depend. You probably want to try and target a show that has a similar audience to yours because they're more likely to want to listen to similar type of content. On the other hand, for instance, I'm an NFL show. I know that people that listen to an NFL show don't just like the NFL. They typically like a lot of other things, too. Uh, You know, Bill Simmons is a great example of a guy who does a sports show, but also talks a lot about pop culture. So there's a little bit of a crossover in the Venn diagram there. It goes back to understanding who your avatar is and understanding who that avatar also enjoys. What are the other interests of your avatar? In some instances, you might be doing a show on, let's say, Bitcoin or blockchain. That person, you're probably going to want to try and cross-promote on another Bitcoin or blockchain type of podcast because it's going to be a lot more difficult to get, say, the older investor interested in the new age type of technology. Do you think uh, audience size is a factor into choosing what other podcasts to promote with? Well, again, if we're talking about return on investment, obviously, and and this goes with advertising, with advertisers as well, is they're looking to get the biggest bang for their buck. So the bigger the audience that you can cross-promote to, the more likely it is that you're going to get more listeners to your show. You know, the rule of 10 would apply here. If I'm cross-promoting to a show that only has 10 listeners, I'm most likely only going to get one new listener out of that group. If I cross-promote to 100 new listeners, I've got a chance to get 10 new listeners. I would take that into account. At the same time, though, those smaller shows, while you might be doing them a bigger favor for them than they're going to be doing for you, you're still doing each other a favor. It's still a symbiotic relationship. And quite honestly, having a promotion for another show is not disenfranchising your listening audience to what you're doing. I would say this, make sure it's a show you want to be cross-promoting with. Right. Take the time to listen to that other podcast, understand what they're trying to accomplish and how they interact with their listeners so that it's not something that, you know, let's say like you, you do a clean show and you're cross-promoting with a show that swears every other word. <laughs> Probably not the best fit yeah. for you. There's uh, different ways of doing these cross-promotions, such as guest appearances, ad placement, or even other forms of content like blogs and social media, too. You can do like sharing strategic posts 
and content swaps. Yep. That's a great way to get more eyeballs and earbuds onto your content. Uh, number two probably should have been number one and is usually listed as the number one in most of these types of lists. It's give your listeners a quote unquote remarkable podcast. Yeah. This is sort of the duh kind of thing here. Is your podcast so exceptional and unique that it'll get people talking? That's exactly what Serial was. It was so exceptional and so unique at the time that it was released. It's why it's still a top podcast to this day. This is one of those, duh. Now, understand, you can be exceptional and unique and still not find a lot of ground building your audience because you don't have a marketing megaphone. And we're going to get into some techniques on how to actually market your show as well, but it might take some time, even if you are remarkable and unique. But if you don't have a megaphone to shout out to people, hey, come listen to my show, then it doesn't matter how remarkable or unique it is. It's just not going to find the traction it needs to get going. Now, that leads to the next one here, which is building out a social media strategy, focusing on earned or owned social media. The point that I really found interesting on this one, Jay, is the second one, which says, either way, you'll get more listeners from your organic efforts than you will from social media ads. And that one in every eight listeners said they learned about the latest new podcast from someone they follow on social media versus just 1% who said they heard about it on a paid or sponsored post. I always question these types of surveys Mm. in that what was the question asked to the audience to get that 1%? Because I wonder how many times though that 1% thought they saw a post that was from someone they follow versus an actual paid advertisement. Sometimes you'll see those posts that look like they're just a regular post that's actually a paid advertisement. So you think the 1% is actually smaller? I think the 1% who knew that they had a paid or sponsored post is actually... Wait, the 1% is accurate, but the one eight is inaccurate because people might mistake posts from someone that they know as, or yeah, as an organic post rather than a paid advertisement. Yes. That's what I'm, that's what I was trying to say. Thank you, John, for straightening (laughs) me out. (laughs) Thank you, Jay, for straightening me out. The next point is also interesting with the, if your podcast targets women 18 to 34, then you'll get an even more mileage from social media and the number one social network for telling the story of your podcast, Instagram, especially to reach that younger female audience. That's really cool. So I think that's kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, where if you target C-suite and entrepreneurs, then you might not want to target Facebook, right? So LinkedIn might be the better audience for that podcast or that specific episode. Yeah, I think it's very important to understand that wherever you're building out your social media, and understand what the audience is on that social media platform that you're trying to reach. That's the easiest example to give. If you're looking for professional C-suite type of people to listen to your show, LinkedIn is the place for you, probably more so than Twitter or Instagram. But if you're looking for a younger, more independent type of listener, then you're going to want to promote heavily on Instagram and Twitter And TikTok is probably another place to try it. By the way, also understand that the marketing on these platforms aren't necessarily geared towards podcasts, right? Right. Instagram is a visual social media platform. TikTok is a video social media platform. 
those are not audio streams. So to promote an audio stream on those platforms can be difficult to try and get those people to get to your show. It's also difficult to promote links to your show on those platforms. There are ways to do it. It's just, it's not as intuitive as, say, on a Twitter or Facebook where you have a direct link right to the audio of your program. This next topic, John, is one that we've been talking about quite a bit here lately, yes. optimizing the searchability of your podcast. That, that's SEO wrapped up in a nutshell there. More than one in 10 listeners discovered the latest podcast by searching for a podcast on a specific topic, either within a podcast app or via general search. I mean, this is just I mean, this is just something that we're going to pound the table on for quite some time. Yeah. We're going to have Matt from the queued up team on the show probably a couple more times just talking about SEO because it's all about SEO. It is. We covered this in our January episode, which was number 12, the SEO for podcasts. Why is SEO important for your podcast? Finally, you know, Jeff did what every great NFL draft guru does is instead of actually giving you five, he gave you six, but mm. called five a tie. The first part of number five is use video to help promote your audio. This is an interesting conversation that's been going on lately in the podcasting landscape are, is YouTube podcasts. Can a podcast be a video? The answer to that question depends on who you talk to, because there's a literal definition of what a podcast is, but there's also what the audience is calling a podcast. And ultimately, to me, the audience ultimately decides what they determine is a podcast. And I think we have to start understanding that the term podcast can mean a whole bunch of different things, almost as if, John, we should do an episode about what you define a podcast as. Hmm? That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Maybe we should do one where we where we actually talk about all of these definitions in podcasting and sort of how the word podcast can mean so many different things to so many different people. Let's do it. Sounds like a good idea. I would just be cautious. If your ultimate goal is the monetization of your podcast through advertisements, well, the best way to do that is going to be through your RSS feed. Wherever your RSS feed gets accessed, your ads are going to be served to that audience. You cannot count or include the numbers for your YouTube broadcast in your audio numbers. That's a no-no. Unless you are specifically letting that advertiser know, these are my numbers from YouTube and these are my numbers from my podcast. If you just include your YouTube numbers in just one big number, uh, that would be a big no-no. That's a really good point, Jeff. YouTube is a completely different type of platform that is separate from your podcast and is usually not included in your total listening numbers on your hosting site. But it can be a good marketing tool. And also know that was a place where Joe Rogan used to get a large portion of his audience. Uh, he's now exclusive to Spotify, except Spotify is starting to use all of these old platforms to help promote the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> exclusive on Spotify, interestingly enough. The second part of this tie, which is leveraging the blog or website content, I think this is a huge point also. And it's just another way of repurposing episodes as blogs and articles. And 
on your website, just make sure you have episode specific information on your site and not just a podcast player, a place to find show notes, links, place to subscribe and follow your podcast. This goes back to the SEO, the discoverability of podcasting right. research is so important, especially in this day and age. And we'll get more into the numbers of all the Apple podcasts as we get into that. Jeff also provides a couple of other ways that listeners discovered podcasts that were out of the 80% that we just highlighted here. But uh, I highly recommend giving it a read. There's a link in our show notes for this. And uh, we thank Jeff for that report. This brings us to an interesting blog post I came across from the Jacobs Media Strategies Group, and specifically Seth Ressler, who wrote uh, this blog post about seven Google alerts that every radio station should set up. Now, I will tell you, this particular blog post was written with radio stations in mind. However, you can easily replace radio station in this blog with podcaster <laughs> so that you can be doing much of the same. And the best part about this article is Seth actually tells you how you can set up a Google alert and says it's very easy to do just by going to google.com slash alerts. Now, John, you told me before we started that you use Google alerts. I do, but I don't use it in this fashion. I use it for more like job alerts. But this is huge, Jay. This is, I am so glad you <laughs> you found this because this is a, I mean, do you want to go down through these seven steps here? Yep. So the number one thing that you should be, you should have a Google alert for is the station's name or call letters. Here, I would replace this with your podcast name. <laughs> yeah. That seems pretty simple to do. We should also explain what a Google alert does, just in case people don't know. Uh, essentially, Anytime that your uh, name comes up in something on the internet, you're going to get an alert about it, right? Right, right. So if you put your podcast name into a Google alert, every time your podcast gets mentioned by something on the internet, you're going to get an alert about it. And then you can go find out why it's being mentioned and you can react to that either with a thank you to someone who's cross-promoting you or just mentioning you. Exactly. Uh, that sort of thing. And it's free. So you don't have to invest much to, to monitor your online presence, and it comes right to your email. Number two is names of the on-air personalities of the station. Mm -hmm. Again, replace this with name of the host of the podcast, if that happens to be you. I mean, it really should be the name of anyone involved with your podcast. Because again, right. this is one of those things where you can find out who's getting some traction on the internet, who's being talked about, and use this to market the show that they happen to be hosting or producing mm -hmm. or whatevering for uh, in this particular aspect. The next one would be specialty shows. Now, this is something that we could put in for like last week's episode with dynamic ads with Brian Barletta, right? Yes, I would say like a special guest, you know, something that's different from the norm of your podcast that you really want to make sure that you're keeping track of. And I would say specifically with Brian Barletta, since we were talking about dynamic ads, we can follow wherever Brian is getting mentioned and then go to those places. And if it happens to be a social media post, for instance, we can get involved in that conversation and just casually bring up, you know, Brian was a guest on the Queued Up podcast on podcasting. Right. And that's sort of a very natural way of 
promoting your podcast without promoting your podcast, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. Benchmark features. So if your show happens to have a segment, a recurring segment, and you want to uh, see how people are talking about that. Again, with radio, War of the Roses or Jam Scams are examples that are put here. For us, it might be the Apple podcast numbers. That is a recurring segment on this particular podcast. I don't think for us that would necessarily be something that we would want to Google alert for. But again, it only goes towards anything related to your show. If it's being talked about somewhere on the internet, you can now inject yourself into those conversations and have a natural way of bringing up your show to promote your show in those conversations, which is sort of what number five does for you too, podcast titles. If you're writing the proper titles for your show, this should be self-evident as well. I would use my NFL podcast, for instance, where we're talking about NFL free agency here for the next few weeks. I'm going to get a ton of alerts over the next few weeks about NFL free agency because that's the time period that we're in in that particular news cycle. So those are conversations that I'm going to want my show to show up in, either naturally or by me injecting myself into conversations. Number six is names of key promotions. This, again, may not necessarily fit your podcast, but if you're doing a live event, uh, if you're doing a special clubhouse chat with your audience, these would be sort of the things that you would want to make a Google alert around so that, again, you can inject yourself into those conversations. And the last one is the competition. Are there shows like yours? Are they getting talked about more than yours? Keeping tabs on what other radio stations are doing can do a couple of things for you. One, understand where your setting is, where your place is in regards to the competition. And maybe the competition is doing something that you're unaware of that is actually a good idea that you can steal for yourself. It seems like a lot of businesses and podcasters have really missed out on how to leverage this simple and effective and easy to use tool. It seems like it would be super useful and, you know, understanding how your industry is moving. If you have any backlink opportunities, making connections with others in your, in your niche. And I think something that we could use on this podcast, curating content ideas. Uh, that is another great use of Google. There are a lot of tools out there that you can use. And Seth actually provides a link to get even more tips on using Google to your advantage. I can tell you that uh, Podcast Movement, which just recently opened up their Podcast Movement University for free, is doing a week-long, or actually it's more than a week-long, a five-part series on using Facebook uh, for podcasters uh, that they're doing in conjunction with Facebook that can also be very helpful. These are the types of things you can set up a Google alert for and can find out about and really be in the know and put your podcast at a big advantage over others that don't necessarily know about these things or know about these tools that are free to use, as you mentioned before, that are easily accessible to everyone. One more topic here, John, before we move to the Apple podcast numbers, we mentioned the Rain News newsletter. And every year they do the Rain Podcast Business Summit. This year was virtual and was free, actually, which is a big difference. Uh, I've attended these in person before. 
because of the job that I had at uh, Blog Talk Radio, Spreaker, Vox Nest, whichever one of those you wish to refer. (laughs) (laughs) There was one particular session that was highlighted in the recap here in Rain News that I found super, super interesting. And that was from Stephanie Donovan. She is the Senior Vice President, Publisher Development, North America, Triton Digital. Man, that's a mouthful. As you may or may not know, Triton Digital was recently just acquired, as well as its subsidiary, Omni Studio. And during this presentation, they released information based on the podcasts from Omni Studio about when episodes are listened to and discovered that depending on the genre of the podcast, they had starkly different results in regards to when people are listening. By the way, John, one of the reasons why I'm bringing up this particular topic and talking specifically about, you know, when people are listening is because it can become something that will help decide how you market your show and where you should spend the most resources in marketing your show. If you know that most of your audience is listening to your show on the first day, then I wouldn't expend a lot of my resources on marketing my show on that first day because that's when most people are listening. Instead, I would focus a bulk of my marketing on that day two to three, but really on days four through seven. And I wouldn't just focus it on that one particular episode that is out, especially days four through seven. But usually around that time, if you're a weekly podcast, you already know what the content of your next episode is going to be. So you can take that marketing through day four through seven. And while it's gearing people towards your latest episode, you can also actually do the promotion of the next episode coming up. Uh, That way, when you do get to the day of release and you're only putting out one or two posts versus three to four posts, you've actually already done multiple posts ahead of that day talking about the episode coming up. That's a great point, Jeff. So on average, people listen to an episode of a podcast on the same day, 33% of the time. So 33% of the overall listens to one particular episode occur on the same day. I think if you listen to Todd Cochran from Blueberry, his number is a little bit larger than that. And there might be a reason for that too, which we'll get into in just a second. The number of Uh, People who listen to an episode on day two or three is 22% of the overall listening audience. Day four through seven is 10%. Days eight through 30, 14. And then you can see it gets smaller and smaller. 61 through 180 is 13%. And 31 to 60 is 7%. You can see sort of how people are listening to podcasts. And then the tail obviously trails off as you get older and older. But the thing is, is That tail seems to be, it's not super steep, or to put it a better way, it's not as steep as the news tail, where 51% of a listen to an episode happens on the same day, only 8% happens day 61 through 180. Now, that kind of makes sense, though, right? (laughs) Because he listens to old news. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, It's all about the news cycle and the relevance of the topics that are being discussed. I think one of the benefits of this particular podcast that we produce here with Queued Up is that 
while we are sort of reacting to some of the things that come out most recently, the topics that we're discussing are fairly evergreen and yes. the actions that we are recommending based off of the news that we are reacting to are evergreen. And so we do see this in our own numbers where we do get a majority of our listens to a particular episode on the first day of release, but we have uh, quite a bit of a long tail. And there are some of our episodes uh, which do really, really well, even you know, to this point of time, we, we've been a podcast now for, are we at six months already? About, yeah. I think we yeah. started in October, so about five months. Yeah. I mean, we're still seeing some of our early podcasts are still performing really well still to this day. The other bubble here is the true crime one, which is day the same day is 20%, and then day 61 to 180 is still 20%. Now, what's the difference between that and your average podcast, Jeff? Well, I think if we took the most famous true crime podcast being Serial, I think you can see it's a topic that isn't necessarily driven by a news cycle. Uh, the stories that are being told are sort of either fully completed stories uh, that don't necessarily need to have a longer shelf life and they're easily able to be picked up even years after they were first published especially in the true crime they often are revolving around unsolved mysteries or like i said stories that have a completed beginning and end so that no matter when you pick up the story it, it becomes an interesting story to listen to now i wonder what it would be between the same day and day 61 i wonder if it follows the same path as the average here because if you look at the average one so your same day is 33 the next two days are 22 and then it dips down to 10 but then after the week it goes back up to 14 then down to 7 then back up to 13 so i wonder why it's kind of like zigzagged i wonder hmm. it's getting smaller like we said it's a it does have a tail but there's spikes between the one month two month three months I will say that their choice of days is definitely curious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you're talking about the difference between one day and then two days and then four days and then 22 days and then 30 days. And then is that, if my math is correct, that's 120 days. You can see sort of the time period they've, you know, whether it, was unique or chosen for a specific reason to highlight in this particular manner. There is obviously a difference on a daily basis to the number of listens to a podcast on average. And obviously, if there are more days in one particular group, you can understand why there is a difference between day four through seven versus day eight through 30. Because there's, more... there's more days yeah. involved there. There was one other interesting item that came out of this conversation, and that was about uh, programmatic advertising. And we had a brief conversation about this with Brian, but if we really wanted to get into a lightsaber duel, my guess is I could have brought this topic up and we would have, we would have had a little bit more conflict. <laughs> um, but uh, programmatic advertising, just to give you an idea of what programmatic is, it's basically any ad that is not read by a host that kind of sounds like it came from radio 
and probably is the exact same ad that you would have heard on a radio program is really what programmatic advertising is. Triton and Omni have used programmatic advertising for a lot of their podcasts. Uh, Where I used to work, Blog Talk Radio, Spreaker, VoxNest uses a lot of programmatic advertising, for instance. Ms. Donovan here said that programmatic continues to be a contributor to podcasting and CPMs are rising, saying, quote, programmatic is not a race to the bottom in CPMs. That said, the CPM that you get for a programmatic ad versus a host read ad is extremely different. Uh, the average for a host read ad at this particular point in time is a $25 CPM. The average for a programmatic ad, I have not seen recent numbers, but when I was working extensively with them, the average was about $3 CPM. Mm. Wow. There is a big difference. Now, People will say, oh, I can't sell advertising for $3 CPM on my podcast. Well, if your podcast doesn't even get a thousand, which a lot of, which we know a lot of podcasts aren't there yet, uh, I believe the average, according to Libsyn, is still below a thousand listens right. per episode. You're not going to get a $25 CPM <laughs> unless you're a show that's got a very, very super tight audience like yachters <laughs> who carry big big pocketbooks mm-hmm. right or big big wallets either either or like you're just not going to get that cpm because your show doesn't qualify for that type of cpm this is a way that you can still earn money and still pay like maybe you have to pay for hosting maybe you're on a host that charges for for your hosting fee well that three dollar cpm even though you don't have a thousand listens to your one particular episode, can that money can still add up and it can add up rather quickly and can pay off maybe a night out with the guys or get you a small gift uh, for your anniversary or, like I mentioned before, pay your monthly hosting fee. Right. It can become a net positive for you rather than a net negative. That's the kind of advertising that's going to be available to you based on the size of your audience. And again, depending on the content of your podcast. Awesome. That's all I got, John. You have anything more? I'm out. (laughs) Nice. I'm out. Let's uh, go to the wonderful work done by Daniel J. Lewis at podcastindustryinsights.com as we enter the month of March. The total number of podcasts in the Apple Podcasting app is... 1,941,000. 568. I believe when Daniel J. Lewis was a guest on this podcast, he predicted that the 2 million mark will happen in March. Yes. And based on the way that podcasting has growing and has grown over the last 30 days, where we saw 114,708 podcasts added in the last 30 days, we are going to hit that 2 million number uh, sometime this month. Maybe by mid-March. Maybe by the time this podcast is being heard. (laughs) Mm. Interesting. (laughs) That will be interesting. By the way, 114,708 podcasts were added in the last 30 days. Only 6,547 were removed. You can see that podcasting continues to grow at just an extraordinary rate, a rate that we have not seen uh, previous to COVID. I do wonder, John, 
as the world recovers from the pandemic and we get back to whatever quote unquote normal is going to be, if this growth will be maintained, my guess is it won't. No. But until we get to that point, it's it's still an unknown. I guess it depends what kind of world we're going to be going back into. Are people going to be more remote-based since we know we can operate in a remote world? Are people going to be working from home more so there's going to be less commute time? I certainly hope so. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I got to tell you, the commute, it, it's a it's a bear. As we look at the total number of active and inactive podcasts, uh, we're still remaining kind of steady at 735,089. That's 37.86% of all the podcasts that are active. Remember, active is defined by Daniel J. Lewis as having published at least one episode in the last 90 days. Inactive does not mean that the podcast is a dead podcast, as exhibited by Serial, which was a top 20 downloaded podcast in the year 2020. Yeah, let that one sink in for a little bit. Serial, a podcast that was first published years ago, is still a top 20 in overall downloads for an entire year. Wow. It's kind of scary to think about. Yeah. I wonder if March we finally start to see some kind of fade from those that started at the beginning of the year. Because this would be, well, by the end of this month, it would be 90 days, right? So. That is true. As we go to available episodes, I would say we probably aren't going to see that fade in the last 90 days. I mentioned uh, last month when we went over the numbers that I was particularly interested in seeing that almost 10% this particular month, it's 9.5% of podcasts available in the Apple Podcast app have four to five episodes available. And that this was a number that was significantly larger than any of the other breakouts here, two episodes, three episodes, six to seven and eight to nine. And I said, we'll have to keep an eye on this, that we're going to have to see if this grows and is maintained through these other numbers. And it does, in fact, look like there has been growth in these other categories, John. It does. It does. That's encouraging. With all these new podcasts that have launched with the new year. It does look like these podcasts haven't faded out quite yet. I would also say that it looks like the number of podcasts with only one episode in the grand total of scheme of things has shrunk a little bit down to 25.49%. Still a quarter of all the podcasts available, right? but it does seem to be a little bit smaller. There's still only one category where there are more active episodes than inactive episodes, and that is the 10-plus episodes category. It looks like the the nine episodes is closing up. It's still 8,000 apart from each other from between the inactive and active, but that's the only other one that's less than 10,000 between the between the two. Right. The fact that there are 388,855 inactive <laughs> one-episode podcasts within the last 90 days is still a disturbing number. That's a lot of people just testing out a freebie somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Or, uh, as we like to say, a lot of anchor podcasts. Do you think those inactive are the daily ones? Because you know how he said the the RSS feed gets refreshed? I wonder if any of those are the daily ones. I don't know, but I know Daniel J. Lewis is a listener to this podcast, and he will tweet me the answer to that question. 
as soon as he hears it. They're shown as inactive, but really they aren't because they get refreshed every day. I think he said that those are taken out of this particular number. Right. I think that's I think he did say that. Yes. But um, but like I said, he will probably respond <laughs> to that question as soon as he hears it. All right. So again, thank you to Jim J. Lewis. The website is podcastindustryinsights.com. So you can keep track uh, as well as us as we look to uh, number two million. I wonder if there's a way to find out which podcast is, in fact, number two million. That would yeah. be interesting. What we need to do, Jay, is we need to launch 59,000 podcasts. <laughs> And then we could have that. We could have that right. Uh, we were you know, the two millionth podcast. Nah. The scary part about that is, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's somebody out there that's <laughs> trying to do that right now. All right. Well, please don't do that. <laughs> if, if if you're listening to this podcast, please don't try to to launch multiple dead feeds into the <laughs> Apple Podcast app so that you can be number two million. John, if people want to get better insights than the one that you just provided. <laughs> you can reach out to our website, which is qdup.com, qd-up.com, through email, which is info at qdup.com. Or you can subscribe or follow us, like us on any of our social channels. I should take that back. If anyone wants to pay John to <laughs> create 59,000 podcasts so that they could uh. be number 2 million in the Apple Podcast app, John will gladly take your money and do that for you. That's what he was saying when he said that previously. <laughs> if you would like to get that kind of consulting from me, uh, you can reach out to me on any of the social media channels. My DMs are open on Twitter. I'm at the real Pod Vader. Uh, I am on LinkedIn as Pod Vader. So just searching for Pod Vader. I should probably set up a Google alert for that. I'm very easy to find. Uh, if you prefer an email, nextfanup at gmail.com. It is the email for my NFL podcast, uh, but it's probably the best way to get in touch with me because I do get all those emails. So I'm able to see if you've written to me. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get some of your insights, some of your questions. Uh, if you heard something in one of our most recent episodes, send us a note, send us a question. We'd love to talk about it here on the podcast. If you want more clarification from something that maybe one of our guests have said in the past few episodes, uh, reach out and uh, we'll gladly ask those questions. And frankly, we'll reach out to our past guests and see if we can get some more clarification from them for you on this show. All right. So John, uh, I hope you look forward to all that work you have coming to you. 59,000 <laughs> podcasts here in the next week or so. It's going to be a lot, but I know you can do it. At least we can just upload a trailer episode, right? I guess that's all it would take. A two-minute <laughs> right. ep two episode. Yeah. That's it. it doesn't even need to be two minutes. Here's an idea. Make a podcast series out of a bunch of different podcasts where each word will make a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> all right? There you go. There, there, There's how you launch your 59,000 podcasts. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Uh, again, please don't do that. For John, I am Pod Vader. Uh, until next week, there you have it.